1170. The answer. The Andrea K Show is sponsored by Andrea K. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Dynamite! Here she is, Andrea K. Good evening, and welcome to the Andrea K Show. A little change of an intro there. All right, just keeping it keeping it street. Actually, that kind of reminds me of a little bit of Coolio's rap song that he did for that movie. I can't remember the name of the movie starring Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, Gangsters Paradise. That was the rap song. She was like the substitute teacher or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, shoot, we're gonna have to Google that that uh, that movie during the break. I love Michelle Pfeiffer, and you know what? She's just as gorgeous as ever. And you all are gorgeous and beautiful. Thank you all for joining me here this evening. Dynamite and address busting through the hype, the hyperbole, and the hypocrisy. 6 to 7 p.m. every evening here on your drive time in San Diego. And always sharing this time with me is DJ Carrot Sticks. <laughs> you can see that he kept his original intro for himself. I just love that too much to change it. Well, I, well hey, if it works, right? That's, that's a hard-working intro you got there, baby. I appreciate it. Um, I sure wish that I could play a little bit of Gangsta's Paradise. Um, it's one of my all-time favorite 90s uh, gangsta rap songs. But Facebook Live, being who they are, you know, we, we can't post a video afterwards. Uh, we can broadcast live and play that music. But, but saving it and uh, posting it later, they won't do it with any of my favorite songs. But I'm thinking about it because, you know, to me... President Trump got elected in part because he was, if you think about him on the campaign trail, especially during the primary, he was gangsta. He was not conventional wisdom. He didn't speak like anybody thought he should speak. In fact, his coarse language, you know, it set him apart because it made him an average person to us. And the American people were coming off of eight years of eloquence and articulate speech and promises of the world only to have Hoboken or post-bombing Beirut delivered to us. And the American people were like, you know what? We can see that we've got both parties that are corrupt, that are nothing but a bunch of swamp dwellers, and we want an OG. We want a gangster to go into D.C., somebody with years of business and, and corporate experience who doesn't, who doesn't care what anybody thinks about him, doesn't have to go to D.C. to line his pocketbooks. He's going to go to D.C. and handle business like a gangster. Okay, like, you know, like a, the bad boy that he is. And so I'm sad tonight um, to see, and I've got my buddy Julio Rivera talking about an OG. Julio is going to be here a, a little bit later to, you know, maybe, I don't know where he stands on this budget deal that's coming about. But, you know, an OG doesn't knuckle under the pressure to bullies three days before government sh- shutdown and hand over the lunch money. I'm looking at this budget deal that's $1.3 trillion that increases spending, gives us almost nothing in return. Mitch McConnell's like, well, you know, this this budget accomplishes three objectives. And I'm thinking, what, pleasing Nancy Pelosi, Schumer, and Dick Durbin? Was that the objectives? Is that what you're trying to please here? Because let me tell you, it's not going to please the voters. And as we go into the midterms, they are not going to be able to continue to play the same weak game of, well, we just don't have enough Republicans in office. You just got to give us more power because you know what? That Talk about slick promises that never panned out. That's a sales pitch we've heard over and over and over and over again. And then on top of it, while the OG came to D.C. to do his thing, immediately both opposition parties did everything that they could to undermine him. Shame on Lindsey Graham this weekend 
on the Sunday talk show. Asked about if he, if Trump's going to fire Mueller. What, is that an impeachable offense? Oh, yes, Lindsey Graham says. I think it would be because he'd have to have cause to fire Mueller. Like, you don't know that he's already got cause to fire Mueller? Alan Dershowitz, longtime far-left liberal dude, says there should have never been a special counsel in the first place. I'm not even a comma JD, and I know that our legal system in this country... It stands on the premise that our government is not supposed to be spying on us. It's not supposed to be investigating us. It's not supposed to be gathering any information on us without at least probable cause of a crime. The special prosecutor was supposed to be specifically investigating a crime, a crime that had already been identified by the government authorities. When Hillary Clinton and the DNC paid for a smear file on President Trump, there was no proof of any evidence of a crime. Where's Lindsey Graham's outrage over that? Where's the rest of the Republican Party's outrage over that? Why in the world is any Republican tonight talking in any way using the I word against President Trump? It's an absolute outrage. Where I disagree with Dershowitz on, and he's written a great article, and I would would ask everybody uh, to go read it. Is where I disagree with him on is he says that we need a nonpartisan commission to specifically be investigating uh, Russia's attempts to meddle in the election. Uh, no, no. What we need is we need a special prosecutor. Forget that. There, you know, Lindsey Graham says we need to continue this investigation because we don't know whether or not uh, the Trump campaign colluded. Yes, we do. We know that they didn't. We know that there's never been any probable cause to even think that they did. We also know, according to even the left and everybody involved, whether it's Brennan or or Comey or any of the rest, that there is zero evidence that anything Russia did had any effect whatsoever on the outcome of the election. Done. What we need is an, an OG from a U.S. attorney's office somewhere out in this country who's never bumped up against any of these dudes in the swamp to go into D.C. and actually start investigating crimes committed by Comey, by Peter Strzok and Page, by McCabe, and by any of the rest of them swamp dwellers over there. Rosenstein himself. Rosenstein should have never been involved in this investigation. He's the dude. He's one of the few people that signed on the, the uh, FISA warrants based upon lies. This is an absolute outrage, what's going on here with the Republican Party. Now, when we come back from the break, we're going to go talk to Julio. We are three days or whatever away from supposedly a government shutdown. And then according to reports and people like Jim Jordan, four people, four people behind the scenes crafted this budget bill, which again is $1.3 trillion in increased spending. President Trump allegedly asked for $25 billion to build the wall and only got like $1 billion and it's not even for actual construction. On top of that, it includes some other things like funding Planned Parenthood. I'm, I, did the, are the Republicans aware that they actually won the election and were given the majority for a reason? Are they aware of why? Well, stay tuned because I'm going to pose those questions to my buddy Julio Rivera and also ask him what's going on with Puerto Rico. Uh, post six months after the hurricane. So stay tuned. More Andrea K. Show coming up. Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea K. Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. 
Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hatley of the Hatley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. Every great team has a great coach. Every great coach has a great strategy. Let Al Arias and the AV Arias Company create the winning tax strategy for your small business. Instead of waiting until the fourth quarter to create your tax strategy playbook, don't let the IRS blow the whistle on your financial growth and profitability. Contact Al Arias and the AV Arias Company to set up your tax strategy huddle by calling 619-296-2123 or visit avariasco.com. That's A-V-A-R-I-A-S-Co.com. Andrea Kay here. We've all heard about the new tax reform laws and the confusions they've created. If you're planning on buying or refinancing, it's a must to create your financial roadmap. And if you need a guide, let me introduce you to my go-to, Dave Stapleton of First Choice Loan Services. You've heard of a certified financial planner, right? Well, look across the table and you will see Dave Stapleton, a certified mortgage loan specialist, a certification that less than 5% of loan officers are able to complete. Regardless of how much you have or have not saved to put down, or if you've been through a foreclosure, bankruptcy, or just suffering from poor credit, Dave has the experience and the knowledge to navigate you through the confusion. Dave has been leading families into home ownership for over two decades. So start your journey today and call Dave Stapleton, 760-815-8987, 760-815-8987, or visit thedavestapletondifference.com. That's thedavestapletondifference.com. NMLS number 248-823. Recently, we talked on the phone with AM 1170, the answer family member, Sunshine. She took advantage of the answer's half-price tuition for her preschool son. Sunshine? He's really excited. He went to preschool at this Christian um, school, and he loved it. I want to bring my kids to heaven with me. If I can give them a great education, as well as an education in the Bible, and giving them a Christ point of view of life, then what better investment can I give that? Ah, Sunshine, that is very special. And you know, you could be saying something similar because AM 1170 The Answer is giving you an opportunity to invest in your child or grandchild's education just like Sunshine did. From preschool through high school, get a high-quality private education for half off the regular tuition fee. Go to am1170theanswer.com and check out the list of schools in your area. Then give us a call at 844-800-5757 and lock in your child's place next fall. 844-800-5757. The power company changed their peak hours from 4 to 9 p.m. That's when you're not producing power. I have a solution for that. A battery backup system. You might not know what that is, but combined with solar, you can program these batteries to charge and discharge at will, meaning you control how you're getting and using your power that you produced. My name is Jesse Keegan, owner of Keegan Electric Solar. After serving in the Marine Corps, I've decided to make San Diego my home. I'm not a salesman, just an electrician who wants to help customers zero out their electric bill. I only use the best equipment with 25-year warranties, in-phase microinverters, LG panels. I will custom design a system to meet your needs. If you need an electrical panel upgrade, I'm offering a $2,000 credit with the purchase of an installed solar panel system. To learn more, go to KeeganElectricSolar.com. That's KeeganElectricSolar.com. I can't wait to help you with your power solutions. Visit KeeganElectricSolar.com. 
visit KeeganElectricSolar.com today. AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. Glad to have you all here with me tonight. Uh, a little bit later in the show, we are going to be talking about the Austin uh, bomber, what was discovered about him. And I've got a cultural and academic analyst who's going to be on uh, to talk about the connection between him and young men and crews and what's going on in the attacks, the war on men in our country. So you're definitely going to want to stay tuned for that. And speaking of schools, we're going to continue with our series on how we can take our schools back, take them from being indoctrination centers that are churning out broken young men with hate in their hearts who want to do attacks like this or anti-Americans. And and it's such a critical factor in the cultural war that we are waging right now. And Bob Walters, uh, who's literally written the book on it, uh, Facing Reality in American Education, is going to be here a little bit later to talk about that. But first up, is my buddy the conservarican. I was talking about OGs and gangsters in the opening segment, and y'all know Julio Rivera is. Hey, baby, welcome back to the show. <laughs> hey, Andrea. So nice to talk to you. How are you feeling today? Well, I'm feeling good. And by the way, thanks to DJ Carrot Sticks, we know that the movie was Dangerous Minds. I don't know if you if you uh, remember that. One of my favorite rap songs of all time is... Uh, Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio. Oh, Coolio. Yes, I've been called Coolio many times because it rhymes with Julio. I, call, I get Coolio. <laughs> I get Julio down by the schoolyard. I get them all, honestly. The worst thing is when they call me Jose. That actually offends me, but it's all good. Well, yeah, I, I'm with you there. Now, uh, speaking of being offended um, and speaking of things not getting, I'm not getting this budget deal. I'm not getting why the GOP is doing this. Help me understand. Mm, do you know? You know what? This is this is just what's been going on the entire time. I hate to break it to you, Andrea, but in, in a sense. But you know, it's funny. A couple of years ago, and now it's going up on three years. <clears throat> when Paul Ryan first became Speaker of the House, uh, they passed the first major, um, you know, uh, cromnibus, omnibus type of bill. Like what they're looking at right here uh, was one that had a lot of curious things in it. And I remember Steve Bannon, when he was still with Breitbart, this was before the Trump campaign, before any of that, he actually co-wrote a piece that was in Breitbart where they detailed the more egregious things that were in this really a GOP budget. It was, it was passed through the GOP house. And amongst the things that were in there was, you know, uh, funding was allocated to allow 300,000 work visas for people coming from predominantly Muslim countries. Now this is in 2015. I think we pretty much could figure out at that point that that probably wasn't the smartest idea (laughs) given the, the fact that we can't even vet, refugees coming in the refugee resettlement funding was in there the fundamental transformation of america funding was really a gop bill in 2015 after uh boehner had left and it was you know paul ryan's um house at that point so this there's a lot of garbage with these legislators they they have to appease their special interests they're still going to put all this garbage in there they're they've lied they lied in 2014 they lied in 2016 you know this is unfortunately you know the, the majority of the Republican Party, you know, the conservative Freedom Caucus could try to do things to try to block this. But it looks like just like the last two year uh, spending, they included the military spending and the disaster relief. Do we want to then just go so far to the left 
that in order for the Republicans to score any kind of a victory here, they're, they're going to be willing to put together an even worse bill yeah. just so they can get Democratic support. And that's the scary part, because the progressives, I think, would rather work with other Democrats. Well, I shouldn't call them other Democrats, but other progressives than they would with the conservatives within their own party. Well, I think what's really going on is, is I think, as Mark Meadows, uh, when he did a, a radio interview on Breitbart, said that the reality is, is that the, the many of the Republicans campaign like George W. Bush did under the guise of being conservative and then they govern like progressives because that's really who they are. And that's why Mitch McConnell doesn't want to get rid of the filibuster. They, they could go to a straight minority right now and get through every agenda item that President Trump won uh, in regards to from the border wall to, you know, refugees to, you know, it, getting rid of Obamacare, uh, defunding sanctuary cities. They could get through absolutely everything that the voters want, everything that the voters elected Donald Trump to, to put forth, as well as giving them giving the Republican Party the majority to do so. And they are intentionally not doing it. And they're hiding behind the filibuster. They're hiding because that way they can say, well, we have to work with the Democrats because we don't get enough votes. It's all lies. And when the midterms are around i'm here to tell you julio i'm not i am not on board right now i'm going to say the same thing that i said in 2016 the same thing i said in 2014 and 2012 and 2010 and 2008 i am not going to continue we've got to send the message to the republican party that we are not going to continue to keep them in power if they're going to continue to provide excuses to us i am no longer buying it is a lie don't come to me and tell me you just don't have enough republicans we just need to elect more that is when you have putting forth now a bill that funds planned parenthood even it, it, whatever, mm-hmm. the, even if you are uh, agree with abortion, this is an organization which you know it would be shocking to me if you were conservative. But this is an organization that was on record for shredding babies to sell off their parts. They they, they um, it continues to fund sanctuary cities. And oh, by the way, one point six billion dollar for a for a wall that is nothing. That's pennies. That means that there will not be any wall built. But four point seven billion for opioids. Let me tell you, what? Why do we need? Why do we need to spend four point seven billion dollars on, on an opioid crisis? Don't take pills. Here, here's a free public service announcement. Don't take oxycontin. Don't inject yourself with heroin. Don't inject yourself with heroin. Don't bring out. Don't bring out some mother whose kid started doing drugs and got addicted that is not a victim to me where is the where is the conversation about individual responsibility yeah you know you're absolutely right and you know if these legislators had any semblance of individual responsibility or at least of responsibility to their constituency we wouldn't be seeing these this crap but quite frankly i mean these these, these are who these people are they're liars um they, they, but the scary part of it is what what do you, what do you do that if you don't vote republican you know, and then you wind up with Democrats, you wind up with something worse. Does it send a message that's going to, you know, maybe we get some Tea Party uprising here. We're going to have, you know, most of most of the people who are going to run that are going to be on November, they, they're already pretty much well sorted out at this point. There's not going to be this uprising of all these primary challenges, you know, that, that's really going to swing this in any significant way. I mean, unless you're going to get everybody out, which is what Bannon had talked about, you know, we're going to have a, um, a Make America Great Again movement that's going to, you know, primary everybody not named Ted Cruz, and we're going to get, you know, actual, you know, America first legislators. But, you know, we're in a tough place here. It's almost, it almost becomes incumbent on Trump you know, to sit there and, and be able to put his foot down when he needs to. If there's yeah. bills coming to him that are absolute garbage and they're not veto-proof, veto the bill. Yeah, you know, he did not have to support this. They're scared to death of shut down government. You know, they're always 
afraid of a government shutdown destroying their November hopes. We'll put the onus on them. Tell if Trump's got to stand up here and say, listen, you hand me stuff that I can sign in good conscience. It delivers on the promises that we made and that they did. These guys, these legislators have been around a lot longer than Trump have been making for a lot longer or it's going to get vetoed and we're going to have a shutdown government. I mean, I've never been afraid to shut down government. You know, when this government shut down, well, what actually really happens? We still have police. We still have military. We still have essential services. You know, what? what's happened? A couple of groups of government workers maybe, you know, have to take a little bit of a leave of absence from work. And they always wind up getting that money back anyway. You know what? You're going to shut down some government parks. Who cares? Shut the government down. No more. No well, not, more. Yeah, no not more only that, this. not only that, but the, you know, the Carl Roves want to tell us that, oh, the Republicans will get blamed. And it's such a, the, there has never been an election repercussion on the Republican Party for any government shutdown. Do you know how many times the government has been shut mm-hmm. down? And there, it, there has, in fact, I think yeah. in the 90s, it was shut down multiple times and the Republicans ended up gaining houses afterwards. Exactly. So yeah, why? Look at, look at 2013 when they right. had that 2013 one that precipitated the 2014 surge where they took historic numbers in the house yeah so what why why the fear on this it's because it's not a fear it's because that's another shield that they're hiding behind to justify big government spending and it does come back to president trump and he needs to be the gangster that he was elected to be and say no i am not mm-hmm. signing my name i wanted the wall and i want full funding for the wall i'm not paying for sanctuary cities and i'm not going to sign anything that involves funding Planned parenthood and, I'm, and now that mark meadows is saying there's big arguments over propping up obamacare no and, you know, and, and um, supposedly he's ex- he's accepting he's going to extend the dreamers for three years because he's going to get border wall funding. But we're not even getting border wall funding. One point six billion one point six billion dollars is not going to fund a wall, which means we're going to end up having all these dreamers here. We're going to have continuing to have floods of mm-hmm. people coming across our border. And then on top of it, we're going to continue to have crimes committed by illegals here in San Diego. I just had Sheriff Gore on my show recently. I'm so disappointed today to find out that that ICE did not hand over some criminals to the local authorities because they would not they were not given reassurances that if they handed these illegals over for prosecution that they would be prosecuted. So they're detaining wow. them, they're detaining them and they're going to deport them and they're not going to hand them over to local authorities and that is shocking yeah. to me. Got- you know what? Even if you do get a bill, even let's say we do get a bill that has the wall in there and, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean let's say it's a, it's a project that's going to take multiple years. If the Democrats take back control of the House, you think they're ever going to really allocate or appropriate the spending for it? It's a it's a it's a ruse. It's just like we passed a bill for fencing in 2006. And then promptly the Republicans lost the majority. The Democrats never decided to go ahead and appropriate funding for it. So there's no guarantee unless the Republicans maintain a majority and they've got to put together the right bill so they can go ahead and do this in a reasonable, responsible way. These big, huge omnibus, cromnibus, you know, they add, you know, to the deficit, they add to the debt. We've got to stop with this already. Yeah. The Republicans were supposedly elected to re- to maintain or restore fiscal sanity. We haven't seen it. And, you know, and part of it, like I said, it does. It all falls on Trump at the end. He's got to let them know I will not sign this garbage and you guys can figure out the shutdown. All right. In the minute or so that I have left with you, Puerto Rico, it's back in the news today because six months later, there's still not energy going down there. They're not power, which I had no idea was shocking to me, I guess, in parts of old San Juan in order to bring the tourists back. I guess that's why they have some power. But. 
Um, you know, what, and, and I know I didn't ask you before you came on to, to speak to this, but mm-hmm. is there anything you can share about the situation? Well, I mean, I look at it like this and just going back to when I was there a few months ago and I was in a couple of times I had to go to San Juan because of for the internet connection, because I had a couple of national things that I had to do. Um, you know, even right outside of the major resorts, right? And like literally on the same street where the, all the shops are, where all the restaurants are, they were still running off of generator power. And at that point, that was 60 days after the tragedy. So you figure, you know, if they can't even get electricity to where economically they have a priority because they make so much of their money off of tourism. Imagine what the middle of the island looks like. And a lot of those places, I mean, the infrastructure was already flimsy and people were in danger of losing it for a long time. You know, before even these hurricane hits, there were outages that people were, you know, speculating would take months to restore. So Puerto Rico is going to be a mess until they clean up the corruption. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, as this goes on, it's going to be, you know, and, and it's already started to be blamed on President Trump. You know, they're trying to turn no, this, never, in, they're, they're no. trying to turn this into Bush's Katrina. And, you know, the, the energy situation down there and the power grid and how, and how it was and, and as weak as it was, was not President Trump's responsibility. It wasn't yeah, his fault. It, it absolutely, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's all it's always, you know, falls on the president or they try to make it seem like it's the president's fault. But it's just like with North Korea, who who precipitated the North Korea, you know, uh, situation. We have uh, President Clinton. Bush sat right. on his hands forever. And right. You know, yeah. uh, and Obama right now. Strengthened these people. Well, right. Yeah. And, and right now, all this continuing crap, this gnawboning over whether or not President Trump called and congratulated Putin. Hey, you know what? It wasn't. It, Come to me when he's invited a terrorist organization come to the White House and not even have to go through security clearances. This when a, a President Obama actually invited the Muslim Brotherhood, a terrorist organization to the White House, invited them to sit on the front row of his speech in Cairo when he ran as a candidate. OK, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really tired of hearing about that. Yeah, no, it's sickening. I wouldn't invite them to the White House. I wouldn't invite them to a petting zoo. Yeah. So, you know, so what? President Trump congratulated Putin. At least he didn't invite terrorists who want to destroy our country. Exactly. The, the yeah. Muslim no, bro- no, at the end of the day, listen, Putin, Putin is a powerful leader in the world. And there is there are some things that, you know, the politics makes for uh, unusual bedfellows at times. There are some things that we are an ally with them for. I don't have a problem with Trump's congratulation of President Putin. I don't either. Now, Julio Rivera, editorial director from Reactionary Times. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Andrew. God bless. You too. All right. Now stay tuned because we're going to continue our series. What is going on with the young men in America? And a huge part of it is that these schools, we are churning out little brown shirt, jack booted, you know, thugs. There's going to be another walkout supposedly tomorrow in Washington, D.C. So stay tuned because we've got Bob Walters is going to be here. We're going to talk a little bit about that when we come back as well as what is Ann Coulter up to? Speaking of the midterms, you're going to want to stay tuned for this. Want more Andrea Kay? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. If you don't have an estate plan, then the state, not you, will determine what happens to everything you've worked so hard to provide for your family. Hi, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hatley. I know this not only because of my professional experience, but also having survived a seven-year probate after my father passed away. With the average home in California valued at $1.5 million, that equates to $66,000 in probate fees. The value in having an estate plan is avoiding conservatorship if you become mentally incapacitated and probate when you pass on. Call me for a free consultation. 
consultation at 858-792-3444. That's 858-792-3444. Your family will be dealing with enough. So give me a call at 858-792-3444. Hi, folks. Jim Peterson with Peterson Dean, and we're celebrating our 35th year in business. And we're doing it by reducing our monthly payments, our interest rates, no payments or interest for 12 months. Get a new roof as low as 69 bucks a month. A new solar power system as low as 59 bucks a month. Backup battery storage for your home as low as 49 bucks a month. And lastly, good neighbor fences as low as 39 bucks a month. Certain sizes and restrictions do apply, but come celebrate with us our 35th successful year in business. Nothing down, no payments for a year. Give us a call right now. 888-757-0321. That's 888-757-0321 or at petersondean.com. The lowest monthly payments on roofs, solar power systems, home storage, and good neighbor fencing. Never again will they be this low. 888-757-0321. 888-757-0321 or at petersondean.com. CSLB 468-117-930-640. You could send the child in your life to a public school, but why when you could send them to one of San Diego's finest private schools for half price with AM 1170 The Answer's Half Price Tuition Program. That's the 2018-2019 school year for half price. Log on to am1170theanswer.com or tap the AM 1170 The Answer app for the complete list of schools. Then call 844-800-5757 now to enroll your child. These outstanding schools are going fast, so call today, 844-800-5757, 844-800-5757. Have you had trouble getting approved for a home loan because you're self-employed or because of a bankruptcy, short sale, or foreclosure? Well, you just hit the jackpot. Hi, I'm Jackie Barrican, the self-employed mortgage specialist at Right Choice Mortgage, and I believe in second chances. No matter what the issue is, I want to hear your story. Give me a call at Right Choice Mortgage, 844-433-4334. Right Choice Mortgage is a lender to the self-employed, and we fund loans after bankruptcy, short sale, or foreclosure every day. This is not hard money. Rates are in the threes and fours. So call me, Jackie Barrican, at Right Choice Mortgage, 844-433-4334. Don't get denied again. Find out what your options are. 844-433-4334. 844-433-4334. Or go online at mylenderjackie.com. Right Choice Mortgage is licensed by the BRE 01943736, also licensed by the MLS 1132583, and is an equal opportunity lender. This is Jerry Boyer of Town Hall Finance for townhall.com. I'm a huge admirer of Poland. I love the way they've embraced their national identity, including their Christian heritage. As an investor in Poland, I've admired their embrace of human productivity, which helped to make Poland the best performing market in the world last year. But this wonderful nation may be on the verge of a big mistake. It has passed a law which would illegalize speech about the small role which Polish collaborators played in the Holocaust. Israeli leaders have reached out, and officials from both nations are meeting in Jerusalem to discuss this while Poland reconsiders this law. Pope John Paul II, perhaps Poland's greatest gift to the world, probably did more than any pope in history to heal the relationship between Catholicism and Judaism. His compatriots should follow his great example. I'm Jerry Boyer. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate leadership degree, offered on its most beautiful campus. AM 1170, The Answer. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer. 
Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. We've got a little feel-good story for y'all in San Diego, I think, before we go to my buddy Bob Walters. Um, I, you know, I guess the DMV is actually doing something good right now. I don't know if you heard about this, DJ Carrot Sticks, but have you ever seen somebody parking in a handicapped spot and they come out from, from the grocery store and they're just walking along, skipping along, and you're like, what are they doing parking in a handicap? Maybe they have a stutter. Well... <laughs> The DMZ is DMV is cracking down. They're conducting stings. Uh, they are going all over everywhere and cracking down on people falsely parking in a handicap or they've got a placard. They're using somebody else's placard. Let me tell you, that is actually a good thing that they're doing. I know it's probably a money grab, but you know what? I don't like seeing people abusing the system. You know, and, and in fact, it's usually somebody that could use uh, um, having to have a little bit of a longer walk to get inside of the grocery store, too, I might add. So anyway, I like seeing that. Thank you, DMV, for cracking down on that. Um, speaking of cracking down, we've got to crack down on our schools and what is going on here. This is a, a huge part of the cultural Marxist movement in this country to transform America from what was once the greatest system, the free market capitalist system based on individual responsibility and individual accountability and individual freedom. Greatest system in the world. One of the ways that the left has taken over to try to transform us into their socialist Marxist utopia is through our schools. Never has it been more evident than what we have seen with these little brown shirt wearing tyrants making demands on on us. And so it's got fortunately, we've got a lot of people that are starting to turn their attention to that. And that includes my friend Bob Walters. I'm showing the book. The book is Facing Reality in American Education. He has been an advocate for bringing shop classes back. But what we don't spend enough time talking about is where we've gone wrong and some of the things that have been tried and failed in the schools. Hey, Bob, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Um, I think that there's too much of a rush right now to blame everything from whether it's it's now starting with the Austin bombing, with Parkland. Right now it's all about we've got a mental illness problem in this country. We've got to do background checks to stop the mentally ill or get people con, you know, con, um, committed. And I'm saying, wait a second, before we rush to slap that as the label on there, let's look inside of what's really going on with some of these high school kids like Nicholas Cruz who comes out and this is going on. Some of One of the things that you've mentioned that has happened in our schools is that we've changed history. We've taken the focus off of Christianity, the Constitution, history, our place in the world – the benefits of, of free enterprise, and, you know, we've demonized that. And now they're forced to teach the achievements of other cultures instead of ours. And that coincides with taking discipline and morality out of our schools. And if we're not teaching that in the homes, we're not teaching it in our schools, that's how we end up with these Nicholas Cruises, correct? I agree. It's a sad development of things that really does need to be turned around and fast. Well, how do we do that? You are working with the unions. You're working with the different school districts in order to bring shop classes back. Are you also seeing a movement to return the curriculum back to what it once was, uh, teaching the benefits of the, of, of the American history and our system and what it was founded on and, you know, restoring, you know, discipline in the schools? Are you hearing any of that going on out there in your efforts? Well, we hear it going on. In fact, there is more movement in that regard, but at the pace that it's going, it's very slow. We need to double up on that effort and really put the time and energy for parents to go to these school board meetings and to the state legislators and get the rules and the laws changed as it relates to what these kids are being taught and the relaxation and elimination, if you will, of a lot of the discipline 
that used to exist in the schools. Yeah, the, the GOP budget that's coming out, you know, Florida just passed some $500 billion thing, most of which had to do with nothing involving actual school security with the building the buildings themselves. The GOP has just come out with a budget, $2 billion school safety measures. Um, I'm thinking, wait a second, don't our state and local taxes go, you know, isn't that what goes to fund the schools? And, you know, where is the attention on the underlying issues of going on? This is a cultural character and integrity issue that's 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 at play here. It, it's it's not about guns. And you seem to be one of the only people that seems to get that it's, it's really a cultural issue. And we've got to take our schools back to a place of teaching the three R's. And as well as getting discipline and morality and pro-American back into our schools. So it's not just an issue of going, having parents go to the school boards. We've also got an issue with our federal government that's not paying attention to this as well. Well, I agree. And like the state of California, they give millions of dollars to each school district, but they don't get any accounting back as to what the money was spent for. What's the programs in place? So it's, it's all, it's, it's leaking badly everywhere. And it's, we're getting more parents involved with it, but it's kind of been a slow process up to this point. We hope to double up the effort yeah. and get more public awareness of this situation. Well, speaking of efforts, you actually recently met with one of my heroes, Ann Coulter, and she is an advocate for many things, one of which she's got to, her head's got to be exploding right now with this GOP budget that's, that's just been uh, presented um, because it doesn't even remotely fund the wall, and um, as well as other dopey it, it, spending expenditures, but you actually were one of a handful of people that got to meet with her and talk about some plans that they've got going on to try to, to try to usher the Republican party into success in the midterms. What can you tell us about that? Well, it was a week or 10 days ago that we had this meeting of about 15 of us having a private session for an hour and a half with Ann Coulter in a private home, which was a secret location because we don't want anybody to know that, that we're actually meeting because it could, it could provide a serious reaction. It's kind of like the Christians hiding in the catacombs back <laughs> in the Roman days. It's kind of sad, but we had a good discussion with her, and she is really concerned about the quality of candidates that the GOPs are putting up lately for election, mm-hmm. as well as the division that lies between all of the different Republican groups and conservative groups. They don't work in unison. They don't communicate with each other. Everyone's right. fighting for their own position rather than having a combined agenda that really gets things done That's so, and has a united front against the Democrats. Absolutely. We do. I saw somebody earlier say there's an identity uh, crisis in the Republican Party, and there is. And it's because we've got a Republican Party that was supposed to be the party that agreed with our founders. It was supposed to be about limited government. It was supposed to be about low taxation. It was supposed to be about individual freedom and you know free, free markets. And when you look at this budget bill, you can see that coming out with a GOP, uh, you can see that, that many – who campaigned as Republicans and are Republican elected officials are not governing as such. Then you've got this little freedom caucus over here. Um, that's like, wait a second, you know, you guys aren't doing what you campaigned on. You're not doing what the American people want. And so you've got fractions within the party and you've got crappy candidates like that. Saccone dude. Of course we, he lost it to Connor lamb. So it's a real problem. And it's not just about Republican party keeping power and their fat pensions. We're the ones who are going to suffer as, a result, and I love the uh, the fact that Ann Coulter is now trying to lead a grassroots movement behind the scenes to get a cohesive message. This is what I've been saying for a long time: that the Republican Party needed to get their platform together. They needed to make it cohesive. They needed to have it be around what they were supposed to be about in the first place, and push that agenda all day, every day. And don't put forth any candidates 
that don't reflect that. President Trump proved that we can win on a conservative message, right? I agree completely. And Ann Coulter, she's a really solid lady, kind of like yourself. Oh, well, thank <laughs> you. So much. She, she does a good job, and she's got some serious plans to get the conservative right-wing and Republican groups working in unison with each other, which is really needed, or we're going to lose this thing. Yeah, well, it's also needed, as for, like you said, for parents to get involved with the schools. I want everybody to get a copy of this book, uh, Facing Reality in Ameri- American Education. I've got a few copies to give away. If you want a copy, uh, email me at andreakshow.com. I will give a copy away to the 23rd person who emails me for it. All right, thank you, Bob, for being here. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, now stay tuned because we're going to take a quick break. and we come back, I've got a cultural expert on the show to talk about the war on men. Y'all been asking, what are men doing to push back on this? I've got an answer to that question. And we're also going to find out from him what the war on men has to do with the Austin bomber. Stay tuned. Dr. Paul Nathanson will be here next. Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. Many of us know how high school today is not the same as the high school in the 60s and 70s. Pressure to achieve, the competitiveness, the anxiety to fit in, and the loneliness has made being a teenager a pretty tough job today. In Bob Walter's book, Facing Reality in American Education, he looks at ways to help young people understand how amazing they really are. For students to discover their gifts and talents, to excel and be all they can be. I'm sure you agree. Buy your copy or register for our next conference at bobwalters.net. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. Turning 65 is a great milestone and an incredible challenge when it comes to health coverage. The maze of Medicare can be overwhelming. Do you need Part A, B, supplemental, drug coverage? What about dental, vision, and all the benefits you've enjoyed? Relax. Help is as close as Bridalwood Insurance, Medicare coverage professionals who can help you make the best decisions. Bridalwood listens to your needs and explains all the options available. Visit them online at BridalwoodInsurance.com. That's BridalwoodInsurance.com and set up an appointment for a Medicare specialist to come to your home or office. You've seen the ads, read the brochures, and still have questions. Bridalwood Insurance has answers. Best of all, their guidance is free to you. The company you choose takes care of the fees. Medicare Madness has met its match. Voted Best Insurance Company by the readers of the San Diego Union-Tribune. Bridalwood Insurance, the total health care connection for the best of your life. Visit BridalwoodInsurance.com today. That's BridalwoodInsurance.com. AM 1170, The Answer. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. It's hump day. Happy hump day out there to everybody. We are sliding into the weekend after tonight. Um, I don't know if y'all heard these reports, but Joe Biden. He has come out and said that if he was in high school, he'd beat the bleep at a at a Donald Trump. All right, um, you know what? I don't. Maybe maybe Biden, you know, isn't aware that President Trump played on the football team and also went to a military academy. It could snap. It could have if they were in high school at the same time. He'd snap him like a twig. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but that kicks off our 
uh, man, our manly segment, talking about men here in America and the war on men. Joining me now is cultural and academic analyst, Dr. Paul Nathanson, author of such things as Spreading Misandry, the training of... Uh, the teaching of contempt for men in popular culture, legalizing misandry from public shame to systemic uh, discrimination against men and more. Hi, doctor. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Uh, first question, who do you think would win that battle in high school? You think it would be Joe Biden or Donald Trump? I, my money's on Trump. Well, <laughs> I'm no judge <laughs> of these things, but I suppose so. Um, seriously, though, we do have a war on men. We yeah. have we have been it is a, a war that's actually been going on for quite a while yeah. in this country. And there are re, there's a fallout. We are now experiencing some fallout from it. And when when um, I began thinking after Parkland, as well as now the Austin bombing situation, that it's not a coincidence that young men in this country are in crisis. I think that there's a, a, many areas of the of the cultural war that we're battling right now that are part of the problem. But I think attacking men and their role in this country is a part of it. Do you agree? I do. In fact, I, I just wrote a paper in a journal, an online journal called New Male Studies, um, in which I talked about, first of all, I talked about the Me Too movement and sexual harassment. But then the second part of the paper, which I don't know if anybody ever read, um, is about what I think is a parallel phenomenon, and that I call it identity harassment. And that identity harassment is, um, is a close parallel to sexual harassment in the sense that um, it targets um, people who are... Um, not necessarily guilty of anything. It's just a generalized attack on one sex. Um, now, uh, I think that one of the... Now, it's been going on for many years, mm-hmm. actually. Um, but until this past October, it was a, a kind of... Um, it, it could be conveniently sidelined as kind of radical feminism, and it was confined to college campuses. But now it's mainstream. Now it's all come out in the open, and we have... We have articles in the New York Times and the Huffington Post by women who say that they worry that they, they're not able to love their own sons because they're going to turn out to be men. Um, now, you know, this is the kind of, this is, it sounds grotesque, but yeah. it's out there. And not only that, but if you, I, I mean, I, I read the blogs every day, and there are thousands and thousands of people who write in, and many of them, not all of them, but many of them say, um, you go, girl, that's right. You know? So... There is a there is a big problem out there now. These shooters and bombers, um, I can't. I'm not a psychiatrist. I can't get into a, the head of any one of them, but I can say there is at least one. There's at least one feature that many, not all, but many have in common, and that is they have no fathers. Yeah. and that is a big problem. We have a a vast number of boys and young men who have not grown up with fathers. Now, in, we've always had this. We've all, I mean, p- parents uh, uh, die, uh, they get divorced, they, get, they abandon. Um, but those were exceptions in, in an earlier time, and mm-hmm. society can deal with exceptions. But when it becomes almost the norm, yeah. um, then you've got a big, big problem, because it's, the message to boys is, um, well, A, uh, men have no place in the family, and B, uh, fathers are uh, either you know assistant mothers or 
You just don't need them around. Women can do it all. And uh, I would argue that, no, that's not true. Mm -hmm. In fact, children, both boys and girls, need fathers. They have different functions. They're not assistant mothers. And um, we're, we're losing them. Yeah, we are. It, 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 you don't have if if you don't have a father in the home to um, control a, a young man whose hormones are raging and is confused. And uh, you know, t- teenage the teenage years are very difficult, even more than they are now than they ever were. And if you don't have a father in the home, imposing in, in discipline is also raising them to have a good heart and to to love other people and appreciate uh, human life in general. You know, add that to the fact that our schools don't have discipline anymore. We're not teaching morality. We've got a society and a culture that's promoting violence and, you know, and, and the coarseness of our culture to me, you know, it's all coming together We're and we've got actual, you know, um, we're coming off of eight years. I don't know your political persuasion, um, but we're coming off of eight years to where we had an administration that was actively fostering hate and division. And, you know, to me, it's, it's like been, been a, a cauldron that's been brewing. And when you're attacking men and attacking their role in society, you've got young men coming up and they're being told they can choose whether or not they're a woman. I mean, it's already a confusing time. And now you're confusing them with all this transgender stuff and telling men that they're that they're inherently bad. You know, my producer actually took college classes. What what was that college class you took here? Gender study. Uh, no, but it was the one about confronting your male whitehood or whatever it was. Um, that was uh, history of whiteness. <laughs> You know, I mean, this is this is what we're doing. We're 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 telling young men that they're bad well, and, and the they're wrong. White, I bet, I'll bet the history of whiteness was all about evil. Was it? Yeah, it was yeah. pretty much. You know how white guys uh, got in power and stayed in power through you know force or whatever. Yeah, so we're demonizing men, we're demonizing America, um, we're fostering hate against certain groups of people and saying that that's okay and it's a good thing, and, and, and we've got a problem. I do have a good story to report. I don't know if you heard this, doctor, but in, in terms of systemic discrimination against men, and when I was in corporate America, the big joke at Xerox was, what's a, what's a white Anglo-Saxon male? He's you know extinct because they couldn't get promoted because of diversity. Mm-hmm. But did you hear about an Austrian court uh, ruled in oh, favor? Yeah. Yes, they yeah. actually ruled in favor of a man who sued for discrimination because three they three uh, two men and a woman applied for a job and the woman got it even though her her application score was 25% lower than the next mm-hmm. guy right Yes. Yes, I heard about that. Yeah. He, so he sued the court and actually won. And I love it because, it, you know, it, it, it's it's if they want America to follow the path of Europe, let's follow this path. The court found that a discernible quote, a discernible pattern um, to which the woman was treated more favorably than the other candidates uh, from the beginning. And that's really what's happening right now in our country, isn't it, against men? Yes. I want to just add one thing. About this war on men, which is actually quite a good, a good expression. Um, what we actually have going on is, is called um, a moral panic. A moral panic is what happens when there's extreme tension in society and um, people decide that they have to find somebody to blame, some mm-hmm. scapegoat, and they choose a group. And then for 10 or 15 dizzy years, they go through a whole lot of very ugly things, and then it it wears off because people get scared mm-hmm. of where it's going to lead, uh, but it can do a lot of damage. Yeah. Um, now, the thing about um, boys and young men that I, that I want to point out is that in order to have a healthy identity, 
whether as an individual or as a group, you've got to be able to make at least one contribution to society mm-hmm. that is A, distinctive, B, necessary, and three, and C, um, uh, publicly valued. If you can't do that, if not even one thing that you can do enables you to make a contribution of that kind, you cannot have a healthy identity. And if you can't do that, then what are the alternatives? Well, right. some people just drop out. They drop out of school. They drop out of life through suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, they turn against society and antisocial activities. Um, on the grounds that even a negative identity is better than no identity at all. Yeah. So, and I, I think, think that, he, excuse me for interrupting, but I think that that's one of the reasons why I would not post this young man's name or his picture uh, today from Austin, because I think that the uh, sometimes some of these things are happening because their their final contribution or way to feel good about themselves or gain some self sense of self-esteem is to go out uh, in, in, in infamy. And, yeah. and so that's why, do you agree with that? theory yes i do yeah i do yeah so i think that we as anybody in the media i think we need to stop giving their name and stop publishing their images so much when this happens because i think it just you know it fosters you know copycats yes i do think that i i want i would like very much for journalists and and other people to emphasize that beneath this problem it's not about guns it's not about bombs although those things make it easier to do damage. But the ultimate problem here is identity. How are these boys going to have a healthy identity? They can't do it as fathers, or at least they can't do it as providers and protectors because women do that uh, with help from the state if necessary, but they can still be fathers. Yes. That's, the one, that's, the one, that's the frontier land. And if we, if we mess that up, if we tell them that it really doesn't matter if they're fathers or not, then I think the damage will be irreparable. We've got yeah. to change that. Yeah. How can we change it? And, and, and you've only got a minute to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I, if I had the answer to that, let me tell you, I'd have a Nobel Prize. Mm-hmm. But I think we can start by, by not dissing fathers, by taking them seriously, by trying to keep families together, and by, um, and by seriously questioning the, the the rhetoric that you hear from both politicians and mm-hmm. academics and activists that fathers are just trivial. Yes. Well, that's something that uh, the the left has has made a concerted effort uh, to to tear apart to to diminish the role. And in, in, in fact, Dan Quayle famously called out the TV show yeah. Murphy Brown because it was all about, you know, it started out by telling, you know, um, married couples you, or couples, you don't have to get married. Then it was, well, you That's don't right. have to get married to have a kid. And then it was, well, you don't even need a man to have a kid. Let's That's just right. set up That's some right. sperm That's banks exactly everywhere. It. Let's go set up. And, you know, and when the reality is, is children need fathers. And oh, by the way, single mothers have a 90% greater chance of ending up in poverty. So we've got to get back to valuing the family. Dr. Nathanson, I have to leave it there. How can people read your very important work? Well, it's on, they're all on Amazon. All right, on Amazon. Dr. Paul Nathanson, thank you so much for being here. And I saw, and people can go on YouTube, by the way, and see that uh, people tried to shut him down from speaking. I think it was up in, was it in Toronto when you were at a college? Yes, that's yeah. right. You can see it. <laughs> yes, that must mean his stuff is good and, and because they tried they to shut so him down. Angry about? What? They were angry. They hadn't read anything I'd written. They didn't know who I was. They were angry because the title of of my uh, 
speech with Catherine Young was intersexual dialogue. Oh. That was considered bad enough and dangerous enough to, to have the pickets come out of it. <laughs> oh my gosh, a dangerous dialogue. man you are. A dangerous man you are for trying to have dialogue. All right, thank you so much, Dr. Nathanson. And thank you all for joining me tonight here on the Andrea K. Show. I'm going to be right back here tomorrow night, 6 to 7 p.m. Thank you, DJ Carrot Sticks, Julio Rivera, Bob Walters. Email me at andreakshow.com if you want a copy of Facing Reality in American Education. The Andrea K. Show is sponsored by Andrea K.